Parenting and marriage. Two things that can leave such an impact on others and have such an impact on you. But how do you do them well? How can you take care of yourself so you can take care of everyone else? With 11 years of professional parenting experience, raising two daughters of my own, and a 17-year marriage under my belt, I want to share with you what I've learned and unlearned to make my marriage and my parenting the best it can be. I want to share with you tips and advice that have helped reduce my own stress, overwhelm, and anxiety on these topics so I can help and encourage you to do the same. I'll also be sharing interviews with others to share their marriage and parenting experiences, perspectives, and advice so we can all travel down these roads a little easier and with more joy and gratitude. I'll help you not forget yourself along the way as you support and encourage everyone else on theirs. Welcome to Authenticate. Hi friends, welcome back to Authenticate. I am so, so excited to share today's episode with you. I had the opportunity to interview my friend, Melissa Clampett, and she is going to talk to us today about authentic motherhood. She is a wife and mom of three boys, and I just love her energy and her joy. I love the advice that she has for moms. And I also love that she talks about all the different stages, seasons, and ages of raising kids. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did talking to her and enjoy. Hi, Melissa. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining me today. I'm so excited to take a deep dive into your story and uh, find out about your life and share, have you share with the listeners everything about you? Absolutely. Let's dig right in, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. Get to the main point. Yes. I love that you're so authentic too. So you have the Reawakened Mom podcast and you just started that uh, in January, January 11th of this year. Yay. And I love it. All the episodes I've listened to so far have been inspiring. I love the women you've had on to interview. I love your solo episodes. It's so good. I love the, the, um, the focus that you have on moms and just really giving moms that message that they are fine just the way they are and to take time for themselves, because that is something I've been also focusing on, um, with my content as well, because a lot of moms don't do that and they're burning out and they're exhausted and overwhelmed and they're tired. So I want to talk to you about yeah. that too, as you, as well as your perspective on that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, tell me your story from the beginning about how the reawakened mom podcast popped in your head and, and the journey until now to the podcast. Yeah, I would love to. And we were just talking right before we hit record (laughs) that it's so interesting because I was looking at my memories on Facebook today and a memory popped up that was three years ago when I went to this um, event called the Bliss Project. And at that event, it was so uplifting and women just supporting each other and being there to hold space Mm -hmm. for women wherever they were. So there was lots of hugs, there was laughing, there was crying, there was dancing. You know, there was everything and I'm getting like goosebumps because it was just so transformative. And, um, one of the things when I kept talking to women and there was a lot of moms there was that they just felt so alone Mm -hmm. and they felt like that after they had kids, they had lost themselves Mm -hmm. and they didn't know who they were anymore because they had given up on their passions. They had given up on their dreams and not to be negative because of course, you know, as a mom, you, you love your kids so much, but there's a mentality of this is the story of what a mom does. And this is what she's supposed to do. And this is a good mom, or this is a bad mom. So 
you know, I had this idea of doing the reawakened mom because I had just felt so alone myself at so many points through motherhood. And, you know, currently I have a 29 year old stepson. I have a 15 year old son and a 12 year old son. So there's been so many stages of life, but that I have gone through in so many seasons, but really feeling like I was alone at some points and really feeling like I had to do it all and really feeling like there was more inside of me that I wanted to do other than be a quote unquote mom. Right. Um, you know, it's a, a great thing, but there's so much more that was inside of me. And I knew that there was these other women were feeling the same way. So it really started with a passion project when I was flying right before I got on the airline. Um, I, I wrote a note to the women that were in this group for the bliss project. And I said, listen, I have a passion project. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how I'm going to pull it off, but I want to interview women. I want to interview moms and talk about your journey and talk about your story and share so that other women don't feel so alone. Mm. And I knew I had to do it um, before I got on the plane, because if I didn't, that I would forget about it. I, all that imposter syndrome, who am I? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Who am I to do this? Who am yes. I? Who am I? Who's going to say yes to me? Like mm-hmm. who would say yes? And I was like, if I don't do it now, I'm going to get home. I'm going to get busy. Life's going to hit. And then I'm going to think it's too late. They've already forgotten who I am. All these stories. So I pushed myself to write it. I click send right as I was about to get on the airport, on the the airline. And I got home, drove home. You know, the next day I hadn't looked at it. And then I looked at it the next day. And I ended up interviewing 27 women. Like all of these women said, yes, I want to share my story because I think we need to hear it because we have felt so alone. So I did 27 interviews and I was extremely exhausted. I had put away <laughs> on my plate, to be honest. And after the interviews, I was like, I got to put this aside because I'm so tired of interviewing because I'd done too much in such a short time. Right, right, right. And so after this last two years of just being in isolation and, and change, and I just felt it on my heart that I needed to do this again, um, mm-hmm. you know, talking to so many women and moms, all the load that was put on us, that was extra now that our kids are home, mm-hmm. we can't get out and see our friends. So many women were in isolation and not reaching out. So if somebody wasn't checking on them, they might, they might not have asked, Hey, I need some help here. Right. I'm struggling. Right. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to do the Reawakened Mom podcast because I think it's so important for us to share stories so that we don't feel alone. I love that. Ah, thank you. And it is such an important message for moms to hear. And my heart especially goes out to the single moms, you know, whether we're in a pandemic or not in a pandemic, they are dealing with an extra load of just the stress and the overwhelm and probably feeling alone. Yeah. You know, and yeah. So. And I, I really believe in community like that mm-hmm. is just a big thing for me. Um, I felt it during the last two years because I, I love to be around people. I love to feel people's energy. I love to see people. I love to hug people. And so for me, I felt myself getting, you know, resentful and I felt myself going to a dark place of yes. maybe a depression because I was like, what is happening? And you didn't feel like you had control of anything and you couldn't go out and you couldn't go to the gym and you couldn't do these things that you wanted to be doing or you were used to doing. And so it was really reevaluating what was important to me mm-hmm. and, and being able to share a space with other women, especially moms. I love my friends that don't have kids, but it's just not the same to talk to somebody that has actually gone through it and mm-hmm. is going through it. So um, I just thought, hey, why not start a podcast so more people that I don't even know 
can listen in and um, share on the journey and hopefully it helps them as well. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I love that you want to just reach out to so many and, and just magnify their stories as well, because everybody does have a story and so many people are encouraged by other, just listening to other people's stories, especially in those places when we're feeling down and we're feeling alone and isolated. It's nice to know I'm not the only one going through this. So thank you for doing what you're doing. It's so important. It really is, especially in terms of mental health as well. Um, so I listened to your, your first solo episode that you launched with, and you started off with talking about joy. So tell me how you find joy in your daily life and why is it so important to, to find joy and not kind of shelve that or kind of take the, the mindset that there's just, there isn't any joy. Yeah. Um, again, it was the last two years. I, I felt like I'm a doer. So Mm -hmm. I love community. I love people. I'm so curious about people. That's why I think I wanted to do a podcast too, because I'm always asking questions. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my kids hate that when we watch a movie because I'm like, why do you think that happened? Oh my God, this superhero, (laughs) are they related? And they're like, it's a movie mom, but I'm seriously (laughs) like interested and I'm interested in people and their stories. And so for me, the last two years of being home and being isolated, like I found that I wasn't having any joy. You know, I wasn't having joy in motherhood. I wasn't having joy in my business. I wasn't having joy in my marriage, my relationships. It was just, I just felt dark. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I always pick a word of the year. And so I was really thinking, okay, I wrote down a couple words. And to me, joy was one thing that I thought if I can have joy in every area of my life, and really be intentional with that, then I knew that every area of my my life would be more abundant. Mm -hmm. So if I had more joy in parenting, because I know you talk a lot about parenting. (laughs) That's all that I do. (laughs) It's not easy. No. And it's a struggle every day. I used to be a former teacher, special behavior, like all of it, you know, but it is, it is, it is hard. It is hard. Yes. So, you know, and I was starting to not feel like, oh yes, this motherhood thing, this is, this is not fun. This is joyless. This is not, I'm not having any fun here. I feel like a constant, like get off your iPad. Let's do something together. Let, you know, I just felt like an enforcer versus I was actually enjoying the time with my kids. I need to be cooking. I can't go play. Cause I gotta be doing Like, I just felt like I was doing, 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 and not able to enjoy. Yes. So, yeah. So I, I wanted more joy. So that was my word of the year. And that's my word of the year this year. And, you know, doing intentional things for myself, um, because I realized that if I am not taking care of myself and loving myself first, then there's no way I can love my kids. There's no way I can Mm -hmm. love my husband. There's no way I can love my friends. There's no way I can do my job the way that I want to be doing if I'm feeling joyless and if I'm not loving myself first. So that has been my top priority this year is to really put myself first making sure I'm taking care of myself first so that I'm filling my cup um, before I try and go take care of anyone else and and get any tasks done throughout the day. So, yes. And I like that you said filling your cup. I think a lot of people or maybe a lot of moms think, well, if I put myself first, it's being selfish and I can't be there for everybody else. And, you know, I have to serve my children. They need me. But if you're not putting, you know, the quote unquote oxygen mask on first, you're going to go down quickly. And then that resentment build, I, I, you know, heard you refer to that in that episode as well. And nobody's happy if mama's not happy and nobody wants a resentful mother. (laughs) 
because you're burnt out. Nobody wants that. Yeah. And it, you know, it's a practice. Like, it's not like, oh, I've arrived and you know, I always and I'm always putting myself first. It's literally a daily practice. Yes. And, you know, I've been at that point where I was not putting myself anywhere on my list, like not loving <laughs> myself at all. Like I was you're not like, even at the bottom because you're not even on the list. Yeah. I'm not on this. <laughs> like I'm taking care of everyone and everything. And then there was nothing left for myself. Like yes. at the end of the day, I was like, I'm just going to sleep because I have nothing left for myself. Right. And that's when that was like, when it was like a dark time, like in motherhood and in life. Cause I was like, wow, I was just so negative and, you know, resentful and for things that weren't anyone else's fault. And it, I wasn't asking for help. I just was living in that. Like, well, I guess this is how motherhood is Yes, going to be like, and then I was like, wait a second. I started to take a stand. I was like, well, no, it doesn't like it's however I say it's going to be. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be that way what right. story is that? So that's when I really was like, you know what, you got to start doing stuff for yourself and, you know, little small things. And, um, you know, it's a trickle effect where it affects the people in your household. It affects your life, your job, everything else. When you just do that little thing of just putting yourself first, mm-hmm. um, and looking at that as selfless, not selfish. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, can you speak to how you, how has it been raising, well, you have a 29 year old stepson, you said, and then you have two younger boys, 15 and 12. Yeah. So how has that journey looked, um, for you having a son who is so much older and you probably parented him differently in a way than you did your 15 and your 12 year old. How does that? Yeah, totally. It's, uh, you know, when I, um, when I met Slater, who is my stepson, he was nine at the time. So, you know, he had done a lot of growing up, um, you know, before, before I met him. So I feel like when I came in, I was like, Oh, the fun stepmom. And, you know, (laughs) I don't know, maybe he would not say that, but, um, that's how I felt. I'm like, this is great. And you want to like win him over, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's a really important part of my husband's life, obviously. And, so you try and like put your best foot forward all the time, <laughs> not in like a bad way, but you know, but then you, what ends up happening is, um, you know, you, you get married and then you are trying to find your place, um, and also set boundaries for what you want in the household, mm-hmm. which is different versus coming from a single dad. So there were many times, you know, grow when Slater was growing up too, that I would like go to my husband and be like, oh, you should go tell Slater this, or can you go do this? Or, you know, I would be like, should we always be playing video games together? Maybe, you know, you should, are, we? should you're always, you are the dad. So there had, you had to have that kind of like, you're the friend, but you're also the father figure. So you know, there was a lot of difficult conversations where I was like, this is how, I don't want to say like how I thought it should be, but I was coming in as maybe that teacher role. And like, mm-hmm. these are things that I've seen and maybe let's like just shift or what do you think? Like, do you think this is a good idea? Um, and just bring a different perspective. So I would say, you know, those years weren't necessarily the easiest because I'm also trying to just figure out my place. Like, mm-hmm. do I reprimand? Do I not? Like, do I say this? Do I not? Like, what do you call me? You don't call me, you know? So that was like different because nobody talks about that. I feel like, you yeah, I'm kind of into it. And it's like, oh, okay. 
you're not my son, but you are my son, but you're a stepson and, you know, you have a mom and she is still around. And so, you know, trying to balance that and figure out where is my place was definitely interesting. Hmm. I can imagine. Wow. Yeah. There's a, that's a podcast episode that you should do. <laughs> Step parenting. I mean, really that I can't imagine it's a whole different ball game and there's so many things to navigate and work well, through. And, that, and then, you know, he was with his mom part of the time mm-hmm. and with us part of the time. So you're also navigating different roles in different mm-hmm. homes. And not that we did this, but I've heard of so many families where it is like this parent, like, I don't want to say like betting against, but like, you know, trying to be like the better parent. So like doing yes. all these things to try and make themselves seem like the better parent. So then the child likes them more. We didn't really go through that, but we had a lot of different roles in our household that weren't necessarily at his mom's house. Um, and so that was interesting. And then especially when we had Jackson, Um, so Slater, so that was four years later. So Slater was around 13 when 14, yeah, 13, when Jackson was born 14, somewhere in there, um, when Jackson (laughs) was born. And so at that point, I mean, now I have teenagers. Now I get like that teenagers is really hard already. And then to bring a baby into the mix at one home where the other home, there's nobody else. You're like the only child. Mm -hmm it's a different dynamic. So then it was trying to figure out that shift of now there's a baby and now what's his role and his place in the house now that he's not the only child. So that was an interesting part that we definitely transitioned through and Slater wanted to be with at his mom's house more because we have a crying baby and he couldn't maybe do the things that he wanted to do. And we did have the roles and he's a teenager and trying to find his place in this world. And now we have a baby in the house. So that was definitely, that was a hard time. Like middle school to high school, it was very challenging for all of us um, mm. as a family unit to figure out how it, does this all work? Hmm. Yeah. Wow. And how, how's the relationship between all the boys now? Oh my gosh. Now it's amazing. Um, we went through a time. So Slater, graduated high school. He actually moved to New York for a little bit. Um, okay. so, he's here. so kind of moved out of his mom's, but um, went to New York and kind of figured out who he was, right? Like kind of, he didn't go to college, but he went there to kind of figure out wh- who am I? Who am I without these two family dynamics? And um, it was like the best thing for him. And mm-hmm. he actually came back to um, where we live and uh, has a bunch of different jobs and is doing doing awesome. And so, so it's great. great because he comes over and he loves the boys. The boys mm. love him. Like it's such a great, I just feel like he's in such a great place and we're in such a good place as a family, mm. um, you know, where he is an adult, you know, he's an adult living his life. And, you know, he comes over sometimes for dinner and, you know, when we're not at a sport <laughs> event with the 15 and the 12 year old, but, you know, when we can all be home and have a family dinner, it's awesome. I mean, he has conversations and, you know, the boys talk to him and he talks to the boys and then we all talk to, it's just, it feels really good, but it definitely took a while to get to that point. Um, so much it's, work. Yeah, it is. And again, no one really says how to do it. So you're just kind of figuring it out and just hoping that you're making the right decision <laughs> in the moment. And you really won't know, know. for a couple of years. I I make that it's so stressful. <laughs> it is. Uh, stressful. It yes. is. Yes. Um, well, even with your younger kids, it's like, 
(laughs) ages and stages, maturity levels. It can be older, but not be as mature as maybe their younger sibling. Or, I mean, it's across the board and their personalities and their interests and their hobbies. And yes. And even though we have all boys, it's like, they're all so different. Oh yes. I know. Sometimes you wonder how the same kids came from the same family. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I wonder that about my husband with his three siblings. And like, sometimes I don't understand how you came from the same set of parents, but uh, that's just our uniqueness, I guess. That's a gift. It's a gift, but it's hard to navigate as a parent. (laughs) It is. And just speak, you know, and I think as a parent, you know, one of the things is letting your kid be themselves, which is Mm. also hard because you want them to do all these things or, oh, well, the older brother, he plays this sport. So you're going to play this sport or we're already going for this child. So you're coming. So you might as well sign up and play too. So I think it's, you know, it's hard Mm -hmm. to figure all that out and let them have their own suggestions of what they want to do, but you're also trying to guide them. So it's, it's like a fine, just like, I mean, I live near the ocean. So it's just like those waves, right? You're just going up and down in the waves and just trying to be like, Oh, now we're up and now we're down and now (laughs) Now I feel sick. (laughs) Yeah. Now I feel sick. Cause I don't know if I made that right choice. So in listening to your intuition and just, you know, getting quiet and saying, this is what I feel is the best right now. And um, it's not always easy. It's, you know, lots of hard decisions as a parent, I feel like on the daily, and I've definitely had decision fatigue. Yes. This past two years. I don't know about you, but I'm just like, I don't want to make another decision. I, yes. I don't want to think I just can someone else just think for me. Like, I don't want to decide one more thing. Like I'm, I'm done. Like I'm tapped out. <laughs> yes. Or you make a decision. I find that even with house parenting, boys, I'll make a decision. But then because I made a decision with this boy, the other one, of course, you know, they have ears to the wall all the time. Well, how come you said that he could do that, but I can't. And I'm like, I shouldn't, I should have just said no, or whatever I should have said, because now I have to explain myself to you because you want the same decision for you. And I just get tapped out. I'm like, go ask Mr. Godfrey. I just pass, I just pass the baton. I'm tired. I don't know. Just, just be happy with what I said and move on. Yeah. But it's never that easy. No, right? it's never it's that never. easy. No, not even with your own kids. Cause they still compare themselves to each other. Yes. So, all the time. And yes. it's, it's interesting. Cause my two, so my 15 and my 12, you know, they are so different and I find my 15 year old. And I don't know if you have this with like the older and younger, however, but, um, I notice that he tries to have his younger brother be like him. So he like, tries to not parent him, but guide him like the older brother, like, <laughs> well, you should do this or you shouldn't do this or, you know, but like, they're so different right. that it's like, that's not your younger brother. Like you're trying, but like, he doesn't care if he wears really like, different socks. <laughs> he doesn't care if he's got something on, like, he's not you. And that's amazing and great. But like, you know, that's interesting as well. That dynamic of like the older and the younger, um, yes. You know, living so true. Yes. And then when the older gets too parenty and you're like, that's not your job. Yes. I'm the parent. You need to back off and just be the sibling. You can be a good guide and you can be a support, but don't be bossy. Don't do that. (laughs) I have to tell you a funny story. This just actually happens. um, This happened last night. So was it last night? Yeah. Okay. So who knows? Who knows anymore? I know. I'm like, was it a million years ago at this point? But my, <laughs> so my younger son was trying out for the baseball team, the middle school baseball team. 
And so my older son had told him not to wear the sweatshirt um, that says Kate baseball, like he's already made the team, you know, it's, it's not good to do that. So he didn't, but, um, but my, I always talk about mindset with my kids. And so mm. act like it's happened. So like, I'm on the team, like I'm already on the team. And so my, my husband was saying something to my younger son, like, oh, well, you don't just want to be cocky and think you're on the team and you know, you, you're still showing up and things like that. And he's like, yeah, but I'm just trying to think like mom. And I was like, and my husband was like, good point. Oh. I noted, noted. And I was like, cause that's what we do. We don't act like I'm not on the team. It's like, no, I'm on the team. Like, and you just think like, and you're still working hard, but it's thinking that positive forward thinking. Yes. And so that I, was vision. Like, I just felt so good as a parent that I was, present <laughs> it was <for> that. a win. <laughs> it was the win and it just felt so good and I was like see they are listening even if they are and you're like hitting your head against the wall yes how am I ever going to get through and then one out of 10,000 moments happen and you're like okay they're listening and it was just it felt so I was like all right I hear you good for you good for you oh (laughs) That, those are the great moments when you realize that like the seed is starting to sprout. Cause I've had those conversations with Nate and, you know, especially with the high school girls who we don't have anymore and they're adults now and they're moms and some of them are married. And, you know, I see some of what they're putting out there on social media. And I'm like, I did not teach you that. I told you the exact opposite of that, but I have to let you spread your wings and do your thing. But I'm like, did they listen to anything? Did they? And he's like, just, you know, you just got to hope for the best. We did what we could, but there are a lot of factors. I mean, even, even, you know, parents with their biological kids and their little nuclear families, there are so many forces pulling at our kids today. So many from social media to peers and, you know, you know, movies is social media, but what the movies are telling them and video games and then just everything and which voice are they going to allow to be the loudest and have the most influence? I think that's such an important thing to talk about because, I don't think we were the loudest thing, you know, yeah. as house parents, there were so many other things pulling at them. Hopefully those little things get through. And I think some of them are, but, um, yeah, yeah hopefully you're the loudest voice in your kid's life. And they, yeah. they come back t- to hearing everything that you said and experience is a great teacher. Of course, once they hit some walls and realize some things, like I told you that, remember? <laughs> yes, I do remember now. Yeah. Or they, oh, yeah. you know, when they hear from someone else and they're like, oh, well, this person said this. And you're like, I but have been saying I that. I said that. Belong to you. Like, seriously. Like, what? I know. Yes. Yes. Know, it's, it's like that part in Father of the Bride where he said, like, she wants to go, like, her, they've just met her fiance and she's going out and he's like, oh, Annie, George Banks, you know, Steve Martin says, you yeah. should put a jacket on. It's cold out. No, dad will be fine. No, but it's really, it's kind of chilly out. No, dad will be fine. And then Brian says, Annie, it's kind of cold. You should. Oh, I should. It is. Okay. And then he realizes she's not listening to you anymore, dad. (laughs) Right. Tears falling down your face. I know it is letting go and just, just doing the best you can, you know, as a mom and really that's just, you know, you just, everybody is going through their own stuff and no one, you know, looking at social media, just know like they, no one is putting the bad stuff on there. It's their highlight and Mm -hmm. they want to great, but like, that isn't the truth. Like, who knows really going on behind closed doors and you know really what's what's going on and so just try to do your best and love on yourself and you know I've been saying this thing of like you know cut up the superwoman Kate because Mm -hmm. that is the worst thing you can think as a mom I feel is that you have to do it all and 
And, you know, I always thought when I was, my kids were younger that I was, people were like, oh my God, you're such a super mom. Like, look at all the things you do. And then I would be at home at night crying because I mm. felt overwhelmed. And I was like, I don't have all of it together, but I don't want to say it because you think it, lo- it looks good from the outside, but like, I'm struggling to keep up with the cleaning and the cooking and my kids and like changing their diapers and washing, doing all the laundry mm-hmm. and myself and you know, the organizations that I'm in and it's just, you know, the super mom facade is, is not real, you know, right. no one's keeping it all together or they have help. Um, you know, and I think that's just so important for us to realize like no one is doing it all. No. And keep spreading that message too. That's so important to help other moms realize you don't have to because nobody is, yeah. nobody is. So when do you think, cause I know and authenticity is very important to you and authenticity is very important to me. So in, in, Speaking to what you just said, going to back to that point, when do you think you stepped into your true authenticity of being like, you know, enough is enough. I need to be honest with people. I need to be honest with myself about the overwhelm and like, this needs to stop and this is who I'm going to be and be okay with that. Yeah. I think it started for me, um, one of the first times I would say, so I used to be a school teacher um, and I, it was so right when I was pregnant with Jackson. So 2004. No. Yeah. 2004. No, 2006. He's I'm married in 2004. What? I don't even know how old I am, Katie. I'm like, how old am I? I don't even have to count. I'm like on my fingers. I'm like, hey, what year was I born? Okay. So side note, I lost a whole year one year because I thought I was a different age. And when my birthday came, oh my gosh. I was like, I'm 43. And they're like, no, mom, you're not. You're 42 or whatever it was. I was either forward or backward. And I was like, I argued with my children. And I'm like, nope. And I'm like, I was born in 77. And then I was like, you're right. I'm counting your fingers. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is funny. That's funny. So I just don't know my age. I'm like, I don't know how old I am, but that's okay. It's just a number anyway. Yeah. I do know I'm 44 right now, but (laughs) today when Jackson was, so 2006, I was a school teacher and you know, I wanted to, I had no idea that people could stay at home. I had no Mm. idea. Like, I didn't know that that was a thing that moms could actually do because I had, it had been ingrained in me for so long. You go to college, you get a job, you work for 40 years, then you can retire and enjoy the glory days, right? (laughs) Yes. Exactly. And then you die and you can't enjoy any of the fruits of your labor. And so I was pregnant with Jackson and I just had this weird feeling. I was like, weird. I say weird in quotes, but like, I just want to like raise my child. Mm -hmm. I want to raise my child. How do I do that? How crazy? How crazy? How do I do that legally? And, um, you know, legally, and I, someone introduced me to network marketing and I had no idea what it was. I was like, is this a scam? Like, is this the truth? And I, I went to a party and I started it and I was like, listen, if there's a way that I can make money from home, it's legal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to get arrested <laughs> and I can raise my babies. Then that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you so many, I had a master's degree in education. I had just gotten my master's because I wanted to have it finished before Jackson came and I'm a master's in leadership. So I, you know, could have been a principal or something. And I literally was like, I told people and they would thought I was crazy. Wait, you're going to, you're going to stay at home. You're going to leave your consistent paycheck. What about your health insurance? What about all that education? What about all these things that you did to get to this point? Like, what if you don't get hired again? And people thought I was so crazy. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. wanted to take a chance and do something different and raise my child while I was working from home. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when I finally, I stuck up for myself. 
And that's, I think one of the first times that I was like, yeah, but it'll always work out. Like no matter what my husband and I would always make it work. I can always go back to work. If this thing doesn't work out, I can always go back to teaching. I can, but I was willing to take that chance that we would make it work, that I would make this work and I would stay at home. And that was one of the first things that were people thought I was so crazy and insane to actually leave my job. And I think that was when I really started stepping into speaking up for myself and listening to Mm -hmm. my gut to know that I don't have to do it the way that everybody else is doing it. And that's okay. So I would say that's like one of the first times for me when I was like, you know what, like, I don't care if you think I'm crazy. I don't care if you don't understand this is what's best for me and my family. Hmm. That's a great story. That's an encouraging story. I think so many people we get, we get in our comfort zones and we're too scared to step out and each day ticks by and we're not really the lot, really living the lives that we want, which is so unfortunate because it's so fleeting so fast and you don't even know if you have tomorrow. So why not? live your dreams, figure it out how you can do it. And, you know, have hopefully you have a, hopefully a supportive partner, you know, to back you up, but go for it and see what happens. I always think about the five regrets of the dying and some of the questions they asked people. And they said, I wish I would have done, you know, basically something I didn't do. I wish I would have been happier. I wish I would have just taken that leap, just all of those things, because someday it's going to be over and you're going to look back and wish probably a lot of different things. And who wants to have all those regrets? Sometimes regret is good. It teaches you things, but I don't think in that instance it is. And I know that everybody can't just pick up and leave their job, but maybe finding something that does fulfill them, you know, yeah. in, that, in that way. Yeah. But it was, I mean, and yes, I had a very supportive husband, like still do, but um, it was just, it was just interesting that people, you know, that were saying, you know, thought that I was crazy and just the, the, mm-hmm. the self doubt that you, you start to have like, am I, am I crazy? Like I probably, should I be giving up this, this income coming in every time? But the thing was, I was, you know, as a teacher, my husband at the time was um, working in a place where he was a chef. So he worked Wednesday through Sunday. Mm. So as a teacher, I really wouldn't see him because his yep. days off, I was teaching. Right. Um, I would go into work early. I would stay late because nobody was home. My husband was working. Slater was with his stepmom. So to me, I was like, yeah, this is great. And so I, but I was always working and mm-hmm. it was never done. It was never enough. And it was like how my message to myself was, my question was, how am I going to be a good mom and a good teacher? I didn't know how I could do both because I was literally like living at school all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If I wasn't working, I was there doing more work, like early before school or after school or on the weekends. I was always there. And so that I was like, I'm not willing to do that for my family. I'm not willing to let someone else take care of my children or my son and I'm teaching all these other kids and I'm not even getting to see all this stuff and I'm working so hard and then I'm going to become resentful and then I'm going to want to not go in early and then I'm not going to want to stay late or go in on the weekends. And I was like, I just don't see how I can do it. So I'm willing to at least bet on myself that I'm going to give this a shot and we're going to make this work. And so I was able to work from home for seven and a half years. That's awesome. Um, doing that. And I was very blessed to be able to create a great income doing that and have my husband support, um, and be home with my boys. So, but I would say that's when I first started really stepping into my voice, mm-hmm. stepping into myself as my a mom and a woman, because some of those people were my family, mm-hmm. um, you know, and trying to protect me and trying to keep me safe. And are you sure? Right. But the health insurance. Yes. <laughs> 
but you know, we, we made it work. Yeah, you did. That's great. That's such an important message. Um, and so I guess at that time too, that's when your mindset really started to shift because you started to find your own voice. So how do you even now today still stay within, like you said, you, you teach your, your boys about mindset and you're constantly talking about mindset. So how do you keep that constant, I guess, constantly at the forefront of your mind to just have that mindset and have a vision for something, focus on the vision, think positively, all of those things. Yeah. So it's kind of like what we said earlier, it's the ocean. So there is never a day where it's like, oh, this is smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. Melissa's got it. She's always in the positive. She's, she's, she's got it all together. Cause there's days (laughs) when I definitely, you know, I just want to put that out there. Cause there's days when I still struggle. Like I'm a human being, you know, I am not perfect. No one is perfect. And so it is a daily practice. Uh, and that's what I think everyone needs to know is no one is perfect at this. So even if you're teaching it or coaching it or talking about it, we're all working on it. Like mm-hmm. we are all working on it every day. Cause something new comes up, a new season rolls in, you know, a new tide every day. There's tides coming in. I mean, there's tides and there's ups and there's downs and there's times when it's smooth sailing and times when it's not. Um, for me, I do a lot. I do as much mindset work as I can. I listen to amazing podcasts that are uplifting to me, Mm -hmm. um, and that share some kind of inspiration and a message. I do a lot of work with like meditation and journaling, um, because when I am feeling dark or I am feeling enlightened, I want to make sure I have that written down so I can go back and kind of reflect on that. Like, where was I in my life? What point was I in, um, what was happening in my life? So, um, journaling meditation, um, I write out affirmations every day. Um, and some of them are just how I want to feel. Uh, and one of the things is like, I want to live a joyful life. Like I want to be a fantastic mom because I don't feel like I'm any fun. I'm like, I'm the enforcer. I don't want to be the enforcer. I want to be able to have fun. Yeah. So, you know, and writing out gratitude because I think it's so easy to fall into that negative spiral. Mm of nothing is going right in my life. Like everything sucks. Like I have to do all these things. No one's supporting me, like whatever it is, but every day writing out things that you are grateful for, and it can be just the tiniest thing, um, really puts a shift Mm -hmm. in your mindset. Mm -hmm. It really does. And it's such a small thing and it's free, but just taking those moments to realize like, what are you grateful for today? Like, Mm -hmm. what are you thankful for? And we, I do that with my boys. Well, 15 year olds sometimes resist, but I try to do it with my boys every day. You know, like what was good to, what was good about today? What are you grateful for today? You know, and sometimes I go first, but I try to like, just throw some of that into their mindset every day. You can find something that was good about the day. So those are some things that I, you know, I work on and I practice, but again, it's a practice you know, trying to talk positive to myself. I'm doing an, I love me more pledge right now and really focusing on like myself and things that I can do for myself because we're with ourselves 24 hours a day. We're with ourselves more than anyone else. Right. So, you know, you have to be able to find tools in your toolbox to be able to recalibrate, you know, when things are happening and, and doing some breath work and, and being able to pause in the moment and be like, is this really how I want to act? Is this really this, the, the way that I want to put myself out there? Is this really what I want to say right now, you know, in the heat of the moment? Um, and I think those are a lot of the things that, you know, just helped me that I've come across in, in my tool, my toolkit the last couple of years. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think it's, it's so true too. When you, you start doing that mindset work and all of that, it really restructures 
your brain patterns, because when you stay in that negative state and you can't find anything to be grateful for, everything's hard, everything sucks that, you know, your brain starts to rewire itself in that direction. So I think that's it so does. great. And then you, yeah. you, the things that you're focusing on, like right. we'll, we'll find you. So if you're yes. focused positive things, yes. then going to, even if you don't think you are, it, it's amazing how the universe works. Like mm-hmm. if you're focusing on positive things, that positive energy going out, it rever- it reverberates. Mm-hmm. You that's said it, you got it. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like to make up words, but I'm like, I, I know that's a word. That's a word. Okay. Um, but it comes back to you, right? So if you're putting out all this negative, like my job sucks, like I hate my life, like, oh, I'm too fat, like whatever. Like if you're putting all this negative out, I don't love myself. Like I'm too, too, two sizes too big, like whatever it is, you're going to get more of that back. So you're going to have a fender bender. Like, honestly, like it's happened. Like you're going to have a fender bender. Something sucky is going to happen at work. Like you're going to yell at your kids. Like, yeah, something you're going to get cut from the team. Like those things are going to, you're going to get a bad grade. If you're like, oh my God, I'm not good at math. Right, 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 right. Okay. You just spoke your future. Like you're not going to be good at math because you don't believe it. And so that's what I try to work, you know, with my kids on to say those things and then watch how you're talking to yourself. Yes. 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 You know, 100% modeling is so important. Like even, you know, and of course, like you said, every day is a different journey and we all make mistakes and we all fail, but like, I'm just trying to be mindful of how, like I talk about myself or even just how I think about myself because I have two daughters. So I would never want to like make a negative comment about my body because I don't want them to hear that. I don't want them to start looking at themselves as they're entering. I mean, my one is a teenager, but as my youngest is entering her teen years and start to judge her body, because I'd be like, you're ridiculous. What are you talking about? You're beautiful just the way you are. And I wouldn't want them to throw that back at me and be like, but that's not what you say, mom. So yeah. if I think anything negative, I keep it in my head because I don't ever want them to hear that. But just even modeling for the boys, it's amazing. Like you said, they're, they're always listening and they are mimicking and following and they will, they will catch you. If you say something that, you know, is off track from what you normally preach, they will get you every single time on that. Oh my God. Or have you ever had it where like something that you say, like your kid then says, and you're like, Oh my God, that sounds horrible. And you're like, Oh, I said that. That's, that's exactly what that's like. I've heard that come right, out of my right, mouth right, before. Right, right. And you're like, how do I, how do I change this situation? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. How do we shift from here? Cause I don't <laughs> like when you just said it. And so it's gotta be really bad coming from me. Oh, I know. So we've had that before. I'm like, Oh, oh I know. What I sound like, right? Like, and my shoot. husband will say that, like Nate will say that to me sometimes because the girls will say something. I'm like, don't say that. And he's like, I wonder where they heard that. I'm like, oh, right. <clears throat> yeah. Working on it. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I was going to say, because one of the other things that we do, and I have talked to my kids about too, and I, I've had them do is I, I love post-it notes. So in our bathroom, like in my bathroom, like I, I change my post-it notes a lot, but like, I just put some new ones up in my bathroom, but just like things that I want to just say to myself each morning, or I want to see while I'm like brushing my teeth. And so I've had my boys do that as well. So whatever that may be, like making a baseball team, being Mm -hmm. whatever, like whatever it is being funny, like whatever. Um, And like, I am. So just like having it on there and writing it and so that they see it. Um, because like you said earlier, there's so much negativity in the world. So if they're on social media, if they're on, you know, TikTok, Instagram, watching, playing video, all the things like, I want to make sure that they are, you know, seeing something too, that's positive. 
um, even if they don't believe it, even if they are like, this is dumb mom, it's like, just put it up there. Like, let's just talk about what are your goals? Like, let's just think about oh, it. Like, goal setting is so important. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. And you know, like you said, saying that writing down, I am like believing that it is what you are, who you are, all of those things. And like, when you talk about your son, you know, wanting to make the baseball team, I remember listening to a podcast with Brene Brown and she said, there's different parts of our brain that light up. So like if, when we talk about us or somebody we know, one part of our brain lights up. But if you talk about a celebrity, a different part lights up because you don't really know them. You can't really associate with them. And she said, it's the same way to say, I'm going to be doing this in six months. It's that part of your brain that doesn't connect because you don't believe that's who you are right now. And I thought that was just so fascinating because you disassociate. And that's why so many people are like, oh, I never could. I never could because they cannot see themselves six months from now, a year from now, five years from now. And I think that's where our goals, you know, really got caught, get cut up because we have to do that daily mindset work, that daily practice, take one step, even, you know, even overcome the failures. I heard you um, with your, your interview with, with Simone talking about failing forward, talking about mm-hmm. failure with our kids and even being okay with failure on our end and just get up and try again, fail forward. You learn something. And so that wasn't the path or that was in the direction, go this direction now, but just being able to have that vision and to do the mindset work to say, yes, I will be this person in six months. I am that person now and I will be that person then. And then yeah. you can look back over the trajectory of your life. Even now of so many things, maybe you thought wouldn't happen and see yeah. it and be like, oh, okay. So I did do those things. And so now I can do this next thing. I think that's so important because I know that's something that I've in the lower moments struggle with, especially with launching a podcast. I didn't think in September I was going to be doing a podcast. That was not yeah, even, even in my frame of reference, I didn't even listen to podcasts. And so some stuff happened and like this happened organically and like, it's crazy. It's yeah. so crazy. So where am I going to be in another six months or a year? Right. Journey's yeah. fun. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, I was talking about betting on yourself, just being open, you know, yeah. being open to opportunity. And, you know, I try and tell my kids that too, like, you never know, like, this is where you want to go, but you never know who you're going to meet. Yes, right. Yes, but I always yes. try to teach them, like, be kind to everyone, obviously, you know, bullies, whatever, but like, <laughs> bully them back. Good person. Yeah, bully, bully, <laughs> bah, bah. Um, but like, be a good human being, yes. hold the door for people like yes. seriously, say, thank you. Think, Little things like going over to your coach after a practice and shaking his hand and saying, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like literally those things, you, you have to do nothing for them. You don't have to pay for them. It doesn't cost a thing, but like people remember that. And you never know that coach might not be the one that's going to get you, but like, they might know someone that knows someone that knows someone and somebody asks about you. And he's like, oh my God. Yeah. Jackson, that, that kid's great. He's going somewhere. He was so respectful. What? So like, those kinds of things. It's like those little things that you don't think anyone notices people are watching. And it's so, and I try to teach them that like, you never know. You it's just so never true. It's so true. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. It all try. comes back over here. We just try. <laughs> That's all you can do. It's all you can do. Try and be positive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So hard. <laughs> <laughs> but we're doing it. We're doing it right. Yes. Day by day, sometimes hour by hour, honestly. Yeah, Mm. absolutely. And we all are, you know, like sometimes you're just like, I just need to go upstairs and like literally the other day, like for example, I had had a moment, it was on Saturday and I I just yelled at my kids. Yep. Not perfect. I was like, I can't take this anymore. And I was like, I don't care what you guys do. I'm literally going upstairs to bed. Like I'm putting myself in timeout. Like I just need some space to myself. Mm -hmm. Like I just need to go to bed. 
by myself, like, don't come find me. <laughs> Not that they come find me, but like, just leave me alone. Like I, I I'm done and I just need some space. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so sometimes, you know, you just have a tantrum and I'm like, you know what, whatever I, I'm human. I am trying my best over here, doing all my breathing, doing all my mind. Like sometimes it just, sometimes you just have to go crazy. And that's, I mean, I don't like it, but at the same time, it's like, we're so, there's so much pressure and weight on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to put it down and be like, right. Yeah. I think what's great about that is the fact that you verbalize that to your kids. And I know they're older, but like, I would, I will even verbalize that with my daughters. I verbalize it with the high school kids. I'll verbalize it with the elementary boys saying like how I'm feeling, like I'm getting overwhelmed or I'm this, I'm getting really frustrated right now. Like I need to take a moment. And I think that's good for them to see and for adults to verbalize, because then of course they can be more in touch with their emotions and verbalize their emotions better. But to not think I had one of my high school girls, she's in her twenties now, and she's raising her two children and her, her sister's three children. And, um, so she's a single mama right now, but she was struggling so much. And she said, you know, Mrs. Godfrey, how did you keep it all together when I lived in your house? Like you never seemed overwhelmed. You never seemed stressed. And as I'm like reading this, I'm like, really? Cause I feel like I let that show probably more than I should have sometimes, but I feel like I let my emotions show pretty clearly, like at parts on the sleeve kind of thing, you know, when I'm sad, happy, anything else. So I kind of said that to her, but she's, I guess she's just trying to hold it together, raising five kids on her own. And it just, it really broke my heart for her. And I said, it's okay. Like it is okay to like feel overwhelmed and to be frustrated. And it's okay to communicate that, but you have to take time for yourself, even in the smallest moments. And that's what I've been, you know, starting to put out content on Instagram, just encouraging moms to take that time because they have to, they have to, they have to, they have to. Um, another friend of mine recently was helping her mom friend who was just overwhelmed. But the friend told her, like, I feel like if my kids are unhappy at all, I'm not a good mom. Mm-hmm. if they are whining, whimpering, not getting what they want. And I'm not giving that to them, soothing that whatever, I'm not a good mom. And like, I just want to be like, where did that message come from? Cause that's not true. And she's burnt out. She's overwhelmed. She's crying because she's just won't say no to her kid or, you know what? It's okay. I'm gonna put you in the crib. And if you cry, that's okay. Because I need 10 minutes to get myself back together. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I just, that space I, for ourselves, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just creating that space for ourselves, and it's so hard to do and not feeling guilty. Yeah. Not it's feeling not guilty, guilty, making ourselves feel guilty or letting other people make us feel guilty or feeling like we have to live up to that, you know, quote unquote expectation that a mom does X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And we're all, we're all going through it. Like we all, you know, I yeah. constantly go through it and it's like, I don't know. I don't want to clean. I don't want to do everyone's dishes. Mm-hmm, I don't want to mm-hmm. do all the laundry. I shouldn't have to. Like, who says I have to do all that stuff? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's having those hard conversations with your family and being like, mm-hmm. no, I don't need to do it all. Like, this is your stuff. You live like, here too. Yes. And if it doesn't get put away, it's going somewhere else yep. that you won't be happy about. But I'm tired. I can't live in this house of clutter. Like, I can't live with things exactly. all out of and a, mm-hmm. that's a portion of like control for me, mm-hmm. but it's also like me feeling like I don't want to have to do it all. I right. shouldn't have to do it all. And it's not my place to have to do it all. Um, I've put that on myself, um, you know, thinking that that's what a mom or a woman does. This is and I think does. a lot of moms and a lot of women do do that. And I, I'll push back on my own kids and some of the boys, I pushed back on one the other night because he was like, I can't find my library book. The teacher says I'm going to have to 
pay. And the librarian says it's not there, but I know I handed it in. And he's just looking at me. I said, well, what do you want me to do about it? I said, it's not my library book. I certainly don't know where it is. Where have you looked? Because if it was me and I knew I was going to have to pay a fine, I'd be darn sure I was looking everywhere, just not my backpack and my room. And he was like, oh, you don't care. I said, "Uh uh-uh, don't you even dare. (laughs) It is not about caring or not caring. This is about you taking responsibility and being responsible for your things and taking ownership. So I push back constantly and and to teach them work ethic, responsibility, accountability. Mm -hmm. It's so important because I think so many kids aren't learning it because mom and dad are doing everything. Like, where's my shoes? Where's my this? Where's my that? And, you know, most of the time I might know where stuff is, but sometimes like, I don't know. I don't know where you put that. Sometimes I don't know, but you go find it. (laughs) Retrace your strips and you steps and you go find it. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say about that is too, is not always giving your kids the right answer. Right. Even if you know it, I always am like, well, what do you think if Mm -hmm. they ask well, what do you think I should do? I'm like, what do you think you should do? Mm-hmm. Like, let's like think about like, what's your thought on this? I want to hear it first mm-hmm. before I say my answer, because I can always give you an answer, but like, what do you think? Like, mm-hmm. what do you think you should be doing? What do you think you should say? What do you think you should put in that email? Like what, what's your thought on this? Cause I don't want them to always think they don't have the answer within. Right. Or look to the adult constantly. I know, I know, you know, working at a boarding school, they get so institutionalized in so many ways and they just will go to the adult. Well, what time is it? Well, what do we do now? what about that? And I'm like, what, what do you mean? What time it is? I know you can tell time. So why don't you find the nearest clock? Cause I will not tell you. My high school yeah. girls would ask me that. I was like, ah, first of all, you have an iPhone. Don't ask me what time it is. Are you kidding me right now? Right. But just pushing back, even on the smallest things, go find the answer. You have to learn how to critically think. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. So we've covered like a ton of stuff, but, and it might be the same type of thing, but what advice do you have for moms out there, whether they're struggling, not struggling, um, single moms, married moms, just all the moms, what is one or a few things that you want to say to them? Um, ask for help. Mm -hmm. I think is huge. Um, I think not thinking that you have to do it all, like we said earlier, but really realizing what do you need help with? So that might be, Hey, can, you know, you get up a couple minutes early, your spouse or significant other parent, whoever, um, you know, can you get up and help take care of the kids so that I can do something on my own or so that I can go to the gym? Yes. We have a partnership here. Um, asking for help from your family, asking for help from your kids. You know, they should be doing some of the work too. Once they get to be a certain age, they need to step up and be doing their laundry, doing their dishes, like cleaning up after themselves, making their bed. Like that's something that they can be doing. So making sure they're taking responsibility as well. Um, you know, we talked about that and then, you know, family. So if you need a date night, you know, Hey, some, can somebody come watch the kids so that we can rekindle our relationship and and go somewhere without the kids. That's not being mean or selfish. Like it's important to be able to do things like that. So for me, I think, you know, one of the things I, that's, I don't think we've really talked about that too much is really making sure you're asking for help. And it doesn't make you a failure as a mom. Doesn't make you weak. If you ask for help, it doesn't mean you can't do all the things because we know you can do all the things or you can at least try, but it just means you're human. And you're also giving somebody else the gift of being able to help you because we want to help. But if we don't know, then we can't help you if you're not speaking up. So using your voice to ask for what you need help with, because we all need help in some way. 
um, I think that's really important for, for moms to do because it can be very overwhelming all the time, no matter what stage you're in, newborn, toddler, teenage, ah, yes. I, know I can get, um, <laughs> you know, asking for help and, and not feeling bad about it, you know, and not feeling less because you asked for help, but showing that it's very courageous and brave to say, listen, I need some help. You know, and it doesn't make you any less. I think that is really important. And, and we as women and moms really need to hear that, that it's okay to ask. And people want to help. They do. They do. Let somebody be a blessing to you. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're a blessing to everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels good. Like for me, like when somebody says, yeah, okay, cool. Like I can help. Like it just feels good. And then you feel refreshed, yes. you know, after you ask for help, whatever it is, like, can you watch the kids so that I can go do like, I have to ask for help all the time now because my kids are in different sports. And so, you know, my husband's at our restaurant. And so I need help getting the kids to one place or I need help. So, you know, I've just learned to ask and it, and the worst somebody can say is no, it's yes, not a rejection to me. It's just, no, I can't help because whatever, I'm doing something else or I'm already busy, but thank you. Like reach out to me the next time. So I think that is really the, one of the most important things is just giving yourself permission to ask for help and knowing that it's okay and that somebody else wants to help, but you have to ask for it. Yes. Oh, that was so good. Aww. Thank you. <laughs> um, tell me where everyone can find you. Yeah, I live a lot on Instagram, um, melissa.clampett. You can find me there. Obviously my podcast, The Reawakened Mom. Um, you know, we talk about all these things. And so I love having conversations with, with women just about their journey and their struggle, but you know, what they've overcome and, and how they can inspire other women to do the same thing. So I would say those are the two big things, like the Instagram and my podcast are two places where you can kind of find me hanging out, talking, being silly, all the things. <laughs> struggling <laughs> struggle is real it's so real oh well thank you I had so much fun talking to you today today <laughs> me too me too and I know we both came into it, we're like oh my god it's already been a day um uh, but it's yes. so great to just to share these stories and have these conversations because we're all feeling it we're all needing it community is key and really finding you know other mothers that you can talk to it's so important it is um, to share, to share your story and know like, gosh, I am not alone. Thank goodness. Like somebody else is, is in as deep as I am right now. <laughs> we all have our shovels and our boots. <laughs> all of us. We're all covered in muck. I mean, we all are every day. So it's just the way it is. And just, you know, and if you have to, like, I take days where I just don't go on social media because I'm like, nope, I can't yes. do it. I, too mm -hmm. much pressure. I don't want to post today. I don't want to put a video up. I don't want to do a reel. I don't want to, and I'm not going to. And I think giving yourself permission to know, like, you don't always have to be on there because it's stressing me out and it's making me feel all weird and inauthentic, then just don't do it. Like, right. it's totally fine. Right. And so sometimes I'll be like, yep, it's been like three days. Yep. And here I am. Like the weekend, I try not to get on as much because I want to hang out with my boys and try and be a good example. And so... You know, I just say, just give yourself permission, whatever feels good. Don't do what everybody else is telling you to do. Like what feels good for you and just go do it. There's nothing I'm else not, to say. Thank you. Mic drop. Thank you. <laughs> There's nothing else to say. Nothing else to ask. <laughs> Let's go. We're done here. Mom out. <laughs> Maybe that'll be my new signature. Like mom out. There you go. There you go. I like it. <laughs> 
Oh, well, thank you so much. This was so fun. <laughs> yeah, was, I'm like, just joy to my, my life. I wish I hadn't put a sweater on because now I'm all hot and sweaty. I'm like, yeah. oh, I should have had a t-shirt on because I'm all sweaty and glowy now. Got me all fired up. Mom life. <laughs> no, really. I'm like so sweaty. Oh, you're so funny. You're so funny. I get it. I get it. Oh yeah. gosh. Thank you so much. This was great. Yes. Thank you. And I will, uh, I'll get in touch with you soon. Good. <laughs> all right. Bye. That was such a fun and insightful conversation for me, and I hope you guys feel the same way as well listening. So here's today's takeaways. Number one, ask yourself what else is inside of you. What do you want to do? What goals, dreams, and passions do you have? Then go ahead and share them with others you trust so they can encourage, support, and hold you accountable to fulfilling them. Also, be open to opportunities. You never know who you'll meet or where you'll end up. Number two, how do you find joy in your daily life? Do you have a word that you're focusing on for the day, month, or year? Mindset is so important, so if you struggle with finding joy, affirming yourself, or having a positive mindset, find simple ways that you can incorporate joy and affirmations into your daily life, whether it be through praying, journaling, meditating, or writing affirmations and putting them in conspicuous places to remind you of who you are and the blessings that each day brings. Number three, don't isolate yourself. Share your story so you don't feel alone and seek a community of other women and moms who can support, encourage, and uplift you. You're not alone and I can guarantee you that other moms are going through the same things you are and feel the same way you do. We're all in different seasons and stages of motherhood, so there's always someone out there who can help you and who you can help. Number four, speaking of help, we've covered this one before, but I'll say it again. Ask for help, even from your own family. You don't have to do it all and you shouldn't be expected to. Communicate with your family about your needs and delegate when and where it's appropriate. Asking for help does not mean you're weak or a failure. It just means you're human. And number five, give yourself a timeout when you need it so you don't burn yourself out. Take the pressure off yourself and give yourself a break. Listen to your intuition, get quiet, and communicate what you're feeling with your family if you need to, but take a step back and a moment for yourself when you're feeling stressed, overwhelmed, and have hit decision fatigue. Fill your cup first so you can pour out for others. Okay, guys, so those are the takeaways for the day. I hope you enjoyed them. I hope they are applicable to maybe what many or some of you are going through. And I just wanted to share with you where you can find Melissa. You can find her on Instagram at melissa.clampit. That's C-L-A-M-P-I-T-T. And you can also find her on the Reawakened Mom podcast, which you can listen to on Apple, Spotify, Google, or Anchor. And as always, if you are struggling with disciplining your kids, I have done a free download for you. It is six steps to discipline your children well. And as always, if you could rate and review me on the platform you listen to, I would so, so appreciate it. It helps me to get seen and heard by so many more. I hope you guys again enjoyed today's episode. Got a lot of takeaways. Please apply them where and when you need to and have a great day.